You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. I got right up in his face and told him to leave or I would call the police. He flew into a fury saying that if I called the cops, he was going to go to jail. And we pull it out of his travel trailer and start bringing it up the front stairs of his house. And this is where I died. And she looked at me and she said, I'm going to drink your blood. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you two true horrifying tales and three listener voicemails that are sure to give you the chills. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show with a listener voicemail from Ree, and she details the time one man's obsession went too far. Hello, so I really enjoy your podcast. I listen to it while I'm at work. Um, If I don't have my headphones with me and I realize I left them at home, I will drive all the way back home to make sure that I didn't miss anything. (laughs) It just really helps the day go by smoothly, and I look forward to hearing uh, the stories. So I was thinking, me being 33, there should definitely be a story that I have and I actually do have a story now it's not horrifying but it was uh scary for me at the time so back in the day when I was 18 uh I was a little rebellious I um moved out of my parents house to a whole nother state um and I kind of just kind of just went with the flow I guess I got a job and anyway I didn't have any friends so I decided that um, one day this commercial came on and it said, hey, call this number and you can talk to people or something like that. It was a chat line. And I don't know if you guys remember this. This is right for the old folks. <laughs> but they used to have these chat lines and you create your own message and you could talk to people. They could leave you a message. And then if you were online at the time on the phone, you could uh, connect with that person So, um, I probably made me like a little raunchy little message. I'm not going to lie. I was like 18. It probably went something like, Hey guys, I'm Faye. And that's a fake name I made up. 
<laughs> and um, I'm looking for some fun, talkative interaction. I don't know. I'm 18 and dumb. So anyway, whatever I said, it definitely got me a lot of messages, right? So I end up connecting with this one guy, and then I enjoyed talking to him. Um, he told me he was, like, in his 30s, and but he sounded older, but I never, you know, said anything. Anywho, one day we're talking, and I say, hey, I gotta, let's say, let's give him a name. His, let's say his name is Jay. I say, hey, Jay, I gotta take my vet, my dogs to the vet. I'll, you know, I'll talk to you later. I remember him saying, oh, what vet do you go to? And I said, da-da-da-da-da, whatever it was. And he says, oh, okay, I've heard of that. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. I didn't think anything of it. You know, I went to the vet. I'm putting, my back is turned. I'm putting my um, dogs on the leash. And I hear someone say, Faye? Now, I kind of like, am I hearing things? You know, I keep doing what I'm doing, getting my dogs ready. And I hear, Faye, is that you? I turn around, and it's this old creepy looking man like staring at me and I'm like looking around like is he talking to me and that's when I put two and two together I realized it's the man from the chat line so I'm like oh yeah you know I have to play it cool hey how you doing Jay you know oh wow he's like yeah I knew I knew where this vet was, and I just had to see you. I just had to see you. And you look amazing, which I did. And I say, oh, thanks, you know, you know, whatever. Now, I'm very small. I'm five feet, and I'm, like, at the time, I probably was, like, under 120 pounds. This man, he might be old, but he's a bigger guy. So I'm like, what am I going to have to do here? Is he going to kidnap me? You know, what is going to happen? What about my dogs? You know? And um, I say, okay, I really got to get in the building. I really got to go. Um, It was nice talking to you. We will talk later, you know, trying to reassure him that I am not scared, even though I am. He says, oh, yeah, we will talk later. And I see him walk to his truck. So I get in the building. My heart's pounding. I you know, try to take my mind off of it, get my dog's vet appointment on. When I go outside, I make sure I check to make sure that truck isn't there. So I um go home, and I live in a very small town. Um, I go home, and maybe two days have passed. Um, I get on the chat line, and I get... I have a lot of messages. Now, I typically did get a lot of messages, but not to this extent. I think it said I had like 30 messages. So, you know, maybe the first few are, you know, some random guys. But the next one is a guy actually considered a friend on there that I kind of trusted. And um, let's say his name is Barry. So Barry is like, hey, Faye, um, there's this guy looking for you. And I don't know what's going on, but he's adamant that he finds you and he's asking people where you live and da 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 And I'm like, what? So I know I, I delete his message and when I go to press it to like call him 
on the chat line, the next message plays, and it's Jay. And Jay's like, hey, first it starts out very friendly. Hey, Faye, it was so good seeing you. You're so beautiful. When I get to maybe the 29th message from this man, he is basically telling me he's going to gut my throat if he does not hear from me because he knows he can find me because he knows I am the, like, only black young girl living in that area and it's very easy to find me if he wants to find me and at the time I was so scared because we had lived in a small community and where I lived at was literally in the middle of nowhere like courage a cowardly dog literally in the middle of nowhere finally just uh, couldn't have to, like being on my own end up going back home with my parents but that was my scary experience like I said it wasn't horrifying but at the time it was pretty freaking scary for an 18 year old you know so um I can definitely say hey Jay if you're out there I definitely never ever want to meet you again are you listening alone rather brave of you up next, we check in with Reddit user Miss Kaya, featuring voice work by Tanya E.B., and we learn to be careful who you match with. Thirty female. Okay, so this happened last night through this morning. I had to relocate for work. I'm far away from home, which is fine by me. All of my work projects were put on hold due to weather, so I've been stuck at home. I've only been here a couple of weeks, so I still don't know anybody. After watching Netflix all day yesterday, I decided to take an Uber out to a nearby bar just to have some social interaction going on around me. I met this guy through a dating app a few days ago, and we were talking about going out sometime at the end of the week. I figured it wouldn't hurt to invite him out. He agreed to meet me at the bar and did. We stayed there for maybe three hours. We weren't drunk or anything, but we ended up having a very nice evening. He is a medical technician. He had pets. At one time, he and I had gone abroad to the same location. We just hit it off. He seemed like the ideal date. So I invited him over to have a glass of wine. We drove over in his car. We skipped the wine, went straight to the bedroom, and spent the next couple of hours there. After we finished, we were just laying there, and then things got weird. So he asked if he could spend the night. I personally like my space when I sleep, but... I told him that would be fine. He suddenly got really clingy, like an eighth grader who just got his first girlfriend type clingy. He started just cuddling me, which I guess wasn't horrible, but it was more like he was making a cocoon around me with his body. He then just randomly put his face between my boobs and said, I just love you so much. I laughed, but it was a very forced laugh. I was sufficiently uncomfortable. I laid there and pretended to text on my phone, until he fell asleep. Once I was sure that he was asleep, I moved onto the couch and slept there. Come around five in the morning, he came into the living room and started pitching a fit that I didn't sleep in the same bed with him. I told him that I was just having trouble sleeping, but that he was starting to get on my nerves and I requested that he leave. He didn't take the hint. He went into my fridge and helped himself to a beer while singing some song. He then took my phone from me and demanded the password so he could call a few of his buddies over. I can't make this up. I got up and yelled at him to get out. He just dropped my phone on the floor and gave me the death stare. 
my pet raccoon, yes, I have a raccoon, was getting scared. I got right up in his face and told him to leave or I would call the police. He flew into a fury saying that if I called the cops, he was going to go to jail and more than likely be extradited to Colorado, not my current state. At this point, I was scared because I realized that I had no clue who this guy really was. He went into the bedroom and started fumbling through my bras and underwear. I got my phone to call the police. I still have no clear idea why he was doing this other than mental instability. He came out holding a pair of my panties and then rushed towards me and knocked the phone out of my hand. I grabbed my hunting knife from under the coffee table and slashed it at him, but it didn't hit him. He started crying and running away, like his reaction wasn't compatible with that of someone who is of sound mind. I walked after him, not to hurt him, but to make sure that he was leaving. He got in his car and drove off. I called the police and filed a report and explained his bizarre behavior. They ran the name that he gave me, but nothing turned up. Not him, anyways. So this name he gave me was a fake. His personality and life on his dating profile was more than likely all fake. Just a shitty experience. Anyway, how's your morning going? Edit. Okay, guys. I'm so grateful that everybody is so equally concerned about both me and Cupcake. Even though I mentioned her once in this post, she is the subject of at least half of the comments. She is okay. Nothing negative about this experience messed with her. She's the same goofy and sweet little raccoon that she's always been. We need to get rid of some evidence. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever 
you get podcasts. Want to listen to Disturbed ad-free? Of course you do. Go to disturbedpodcast.com slash support to get your access today. Now back to the horror. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad. Next up is a listener voicemail from Lexi, and she has a sneaking suspicion about her encounter in the store. Hi, so um, I listen to your podcast every morning on the way to work because I have a long commute and I love it. And I usually listen to it on the way home too. So I just wanted to say you guys are awesome. But um, I wanted to share an experience that might actually not be that creepy. I'm not sure, but I thought someone might appreciate it. So I was at Home Depot and um, I was actually there with my husband and Basically, he had wandered off to look at, like, some tools or something. I don't know. I think I was looking at, like, Halloween decorations, and I wasn't um, wasn't with him. So, um, standing there looking at decorations, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy with a, a big dog. And he um, he was looking – he was standing looking at the decorations, but, like, he actually was kind of looking over at me, and it made me a little uncomfortable. And normally – when I see someone with a dog, I go like right up to him. I'm really annoying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can I pet him? You know, well, it kind of made me uncomfortable because there was just something about the way he was, he was like pretending to look at the decorations, but his eyes were looking over at me and it, it just made me kind of awkward. So I walked to a different part of the store and later, um, I see the same guy and I should mention that before when I saw him, there was something about his face that did not look super friendly and it kind of creeped me out a little bit, but I watch a lot of true crime stuff, so I probably was just being paranoid. Maybe. I don't know. So a few minutes later, I'm in a different aisle, and he comes walking up. And he's got this this big, beautiful dog with him. And this time I turn and look at him, and he looks friendly now. Like, he's got a big smile on his face. He's very charming. And he's like, hi, how are you? And we kind of start having some small talk. And, of course, I pet his dog. His dog is big and beautiful. And um, he's telling me how old she is and stuff. And he's petting her. And um, I'm like crouched down petting her because I'm that kind of annoying person and he's super affectionate with the dog and he's like you know scratching her ears and stuff and he's very gentle with her and he's like just super charming um and my husband comes around the corner and he says oh there you are and the guy with the dog like as soon as he saw my husband his whole demeanor changed like his smile dropped Um, he started having that look that he had before when I saw him the first time, like he just looked not very pleasant, (laughs) um, kind of scary. And all of a sudden he reached down, wrapped his hand around the dog's collar and was like, come on. And yanked her away. Um, he was really rough with her and it was like a complete 180 from how he was acting before. And so he walked away, like kind of stormed off with her and it, and it was like completely different to how he was acting before. It was like, as soon as he saw my husband, he completely changed. <laughs> and so he walked away and I was just kind of stood there like, what the hell just happened? And when we were in the car, I told my husband about what happened. And I was like, that was so weird. His, how his whole personality changed when he saw you. And I said, also he was, he seemed kind of like creepy when he was looking at me earlier. And my husband was like, wouldn't it be wild if he was like using his dog to lure women in? And that's why as soon as he saw you, he, he changed 
And the more I thought about it, it kind of makes sense. Um, cause you know, obviously if someone's a dog person and you have a, a big dog, whatever, they're going to want to come talk to you and stuff. And so it just kind of creeped me out after the fact and kind of made me wonder if he was actually trying to lure me like away somewhere or something. Anyway, I just wanted to share that it probably is not anything, but it kind of creeped me out in the moment. And I just wanted to say you guys do a great job and I really love your stories and everything. And I think you are awesome. So ladies, just be careful out there. Don't be too trusting, even if someone has a really beautiful dog that you want to pet. <laughs> and um, yeah, stay safe out there. Thanks. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email my story at disturbedpodcast.com. Next up, we hear from Reddit user Liquid Gold83. Featuring voice work by Matt Bradford. And we meet our untimely end. So, this actually happened last week. It just took me some time to come to terms with it. You see, I got a phone call from my next-door neighbor late in the evening, asking if I can help him move a mattress into his upstairs. His mom is ill and has a big, heavy sleep number bed. I, of course, ran over to help because they're great neighbors. I get over there and his friend, who was also a priest, was there to help. I helped him figure out how to separate the mattress from the bed so we could fit it up the stairs. We get it all moved up and back in place when my neighbor asks if I can help them move an armoire upstairs too. I think nothing of it, and we pull it out of his travel trailer and start bringing it up the front stairs of his house. And this is where I died. The front stairs are 11 steps. I was on the lower end of the armoire about six steps up when my neighbor and his friend lose a handle on the armoire and it comes crashing down on me and I fall backwards to the pavement. I then wake up in my dining room to my phone ringing and my wife asking me if I'm going to answer the phone. It's my neighbor asking me if I can help move a bed upstairs for his mom. I go over there and meet his priest friend again as this has been the first time I met him. I say I can help with the bed, but I cannot help with the armoire. My neighbor was like, how did you know about the armoire? I then proceed to tell them that I'm pretty sure I just died. I spent the next hour talking with the priest. He had so many questions. My neighbor didn't believe it until I described the upstairs bedroom in perfect detail, down to the metal mattress frame on the floor and the intricate headboard leaning against the wall, and I'd never been upstairs to their house before. And the priest asked me what I saw after I died. I told him I never actually died. Before it happened, I woke up at my dining room table. So yeah, that's my story. Thanks for listening. Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body. And finally, we close out the show with a listener voicemail from Nina, and she becomes paralyzed with fear. Hi, everyone. My name is Nina, and I am 33 years old. I am from Southern California. Um, I've been listening to this show fairly recently, but have become obsessed and been listening weekly. 
and thought I'd submit my own story about my experiences with sleep paralysis. Um, this I've been having sleep paralysis for about 10 years now, uh, but this is going to be about my most recent encounter with it, um, probably my most disturbing one. I've been having sleep paralysis since I moved first moved out of my family home. I lived in South Pasadena, California, which if you aren't aware, they're very known for having their original layout of their homes and not really renovating them. Um, so they're very pretty, but old. Um, so I lived in a studio apartment and there I, I had a lot of experiences with it. I don't really know what brought about it. If it was spiritual within the apartment, um, I come from a very Catholic family and we tend to ignore those things. Um, so when I do see things, I tend to ignore it because I don't want any more to give it any sort of strength coming from a religion, you're supposed to ignore it and not pay attention. Um, I believe in demons and possessions and ghosts. Uh, so recently, I live in Glendora, California, in a similar uh, back home that has a lot of its original features, probably built in the 1960s, 1970s. And I hadn't really been having sleep paralysis maybe once or every couple of months. Um, so recently, I had been doing edibles, gummies, just to help me fall asleep in the evening, quarter of one helps me just knock out and sleep through the night. Um, I live alone, so it tends to be a little bit scary, but I'm in a fairly safe neighborhood. So recently I had taken one and was already in a deep sleep, um, but woke up in sleep paralysis. I knew it was sleep paralysis because I could not talk. I could not move. Um, and it was just, me staring up at the ceiling, but I could feel that someone was holding on to my left arm, which faces the outside of the bed. Um, my right is towards the wall, and my arm was face up, and I could feel someone have their uh, their hand and their finger pressed up against my wrist. And so when I turned, it was what looked like a very demonic-looking naked um, little girl, I guess to say her face was old and decrepit, but her body was small and she wasn't frail, but she was crouched in a ball and had a hold of my arm and was looking at me in this sense. I wasn't scared. Um, I don't, I've woken up a couple of times and seen things and just not have been not scared at all. Uh, but when I looked at her, I asked her what she was doing and she looked at me and she said, I'm going to drink your blood. I have no idea if this was a vampire, a demon, or just my own imagination from being high, but I closed my eyes again because I go straight to ignoring. And she started um, squeezing my arm even harder. And I just started praying and I could tell it was praying. And then I started screaming, praying, and I felt hand on my forehead, pushing me down and pressure. And 
my mouth slowly closing to the point where I wasn't able to speak. And I just started humming my prayers. Uh, after that, I woke up. Um, I was scared for a little bit from the adrenaline. And then I looked and I said, ah, I'm just going to go right back to sleep, <laughs> choosing to ignore the situation. Uh, that has been the last time I've seen her. Um, so I haven't had a sleep paralysis. Um, I still get chills whenever I tell the story because it does tend to freak me out. But I'm going to blame it on probably taking a little bit too much of my edible. Um, I kind of stopped for a while and I haven't had any experiences. Um, so I hope to stay, stay that way for a while because they do tend to get a little bit scary. But so to the little demonic girl who visited me in my sleep paralysis, let's not meet again. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. DisturbedPodcast.com slash submit to find out how. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed featuring ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And a shout out to our newest supporters, Stephanie Heiser, Nicole Brown, Callie, Andy Sebastian, Lily Ramos, Alyssa, and Danielle Castle. Now you can get tons of great perks including bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and 24-hour early episode releases by supporting us over at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast or find the link in the show notes. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio and Co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all.